Welcome to Zichud Daf Simanim. I'm Rabbi Avram Golder, and today we're Zichud Sukkah Daf Nun Vav, the final Daf of the Masechta. On behalf of Bear Leibowitz and myself, as well as everyone from around the world using Zichud to help enhance their retention of the Daf, I want to thank the Friedman family once again for their generous sponsorship of the Zichud Masechta Sukkah program that was dedicated to his Nishmas Shomeli Ezer Ben Rav Yaakov Cohen Olaf Hashem. They call us real benefit from all of the shiurim and materials produced from Masech Sukkah for many years to come, and Be'ezus Hashem, for many doros to come, and may we continue to remember the Dov day after day, and go Mechayel Achayel. So the three Dovs we're going to focus on. Number one, the Gemara brings Malchokas and Marim concerning the order of brachas that one recites when he enters the Sukkah, the first night of Sukkahs. Rav said, Sukkah v'achachach When one recites Kiddush, he first recites Elisha B'Sukkah, and then a Shachiyanu. And Rabbi Baruchana said, Zman v'achachach Sukkah. One recites Shachiyanu, and then Elisha B'Sukkah. The Gemara explains that Rav says that one first recites Elisha B'Sukkah because he holds Chiyuvah Diyoma Adiv. The obligation of the day takes precedence, meaning that the Baruch of Elisha B'Sukkah relates specifically to the obligation of Sukkahs. Rabbi Baruchana said that one recites the Shachiyanu first because he holds Tadir V'Shenu Tadir, Tadir Kodem. When that which is frequent conflicts with that which is not frequent, that which is frequent takes precedence. The Gemara attempts to connect this Malchokas to the Malchokas between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel, regarding which comes first when reciting Kiddush on Shabbos, the Bracha on the wine or the Bracha on the day, but concludes that they're not necessarily the same Malchokas. Point number two, the final mission of the Masech that brings the Malchokas regarding the division of the Lechem upon him the rest of the year. The Tanakhama holds that the incoming Mishmar and the outgoing Mishmar split the Lechem upon him equally, with each Mishmar receiving six loaves. Yudah holds that the incoming Mishma receives seven loaves, and the outgoing Mishma receives five loaves. The Gemara asks what the reason is, according to Yudah, that the incoming Mishma receives seven, and Rav Yisak answers, Peschar HaGafas the two loaves are granted as compensation for closing the temple gates in the evening, meaning that those who opened the gates in the morning should have had the duty to complete the job and close them at night. Since the incoming Mishmar is doing the work of the outgoing Mishmar, it behooves the outgoing Mishmar to give one of their loaves in payment. But the Gemara suggests that the outgoing Mishmar should tell the incoming Mishmar to remove the enactment so that the following week it will be removed from them. Abai answered, Makara. A small gourd now is better than a large gourd later. In this case, the incoming Mishmar prefers to receive all that it's entitled to immediately than to defer some of it to later. And point number three, the Mishnah stated that the Mishmar of Bilga was penalized in that it always divided the Lechem upon him in the south, its specific ring that was used to shack the carbon during its watch, was sealed so they had to use another Mishmar's ring, the Cholona Stuma and its specific alcove to deposit its knives was sealed. The Quran explains that the reason for the penalties was either due to an incident involving Miriam Bas Bilga, a daughter of one of its members who became an apostate, or it was because the Mishmar was tardy in coming to the base of Migdash when it was their week to serve. The Quran on the first answer if it's fair that the entire family be penalized, over one daughter's actions. But my answer is that it is. As people say, The utterances of a child in public express the views of either his father or mother. When the Gemara persists and asks why the whole Mishmar should be penalized, Abai answers, Woe to the wicked one and woe to his neighbor. The Gemara concludes, conversely, It will be good for the Tzadik and good for his neighbor. So once again, the three points are number one. The Gemara brings the Malchokas and Marayim concerning the order of Barakas that one recites when he enters the Sukkah, the first night of Sukkahs. Rav said, Sukkah When one recites Kiddush, he first recites Reshe B'Sukkah and then Shechianu. And Rabbi Barakana said, Zman Sukkah. One recites Shechianu and then Reshe B'Sukkah. The Gemara explains that Rav says that one first recites Reshe B'Sukkah because he holds Chiyuva Adif. The obligation of the day takes precedence, meaning 
that the Baruch of Reisha B'Sukkah relates specifically to the obligation of Sukkahs. Rabbi Baruchana said that one recites HaShachianu first because he holds Tadr B'Shenu Tadir, Tadir Kodam. When that which is frequent conflicts with that which is not frequent, that which is frequent takes precedence. The Gemara attempts to connect this Machokas with Machokas between Beisham Beisil regarding which comes first when reciting Kiddush on Shabbos, the Baruch on the wine, or the bracha on the day, but concludes that they're not necessarily the same malchokas. Point number two, the final mission of the Masech that brings the malchokas regarding the division of the Lechem Panim the rest of the year. The Tanakhama holds that the incoming Mishmar and the outgoing Mishmar split the Lechem Panim equally, with each Mishmar receiving six loaves. Rebuta holds that the incoming Mishmar receives seven loaves, and the outgoing Mishmar receives five loaves. The Gemara asks what the reason is, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that the incoming Mishmar receives seven, and Rabbi Yitzhak answers, the Lassos, the two loaves are granted as compensation for closing the temple gates in the evening, meaning that those who open the gates in the morning should have the duty to complete the job and close them at night. Since the incoming Mishmar is doing the work of the outgoing Mishmar, it behooves the outgoing Mishmar to give one of their loaves in payment. When the Gemara suggests that the outgoing Mishmar should tell the incoming Mishmar to remove the enactment so that the following week it will be removed from them, Abai answered, A small gourd now is better than a large gourd later. In this case, the incoming Mishmar prefers to receive all that it's entitled to immediately than to defer some of it to later. And point number three, the Mishnah said that the Mishmar of Bilgo was penalized in that it always divided the Lechem upon him in the south. Its specific ring that was used to shack the carbon during its watch was sealed, so they had to use another Mishmar's ring. The Cholonestuma and its specific alcove to deposit its knives was sealed. The Gemara explains that the reason for the penalties was either due to an incident involving Miriam Busbilga, a daughter of one of its members, who became an apostate, or it was because the Mishmar was tardy in coming to the base of Migdash when it was their week to serve. The Gemara asks on the first reason, if it's fair that the entire family be penalized over one daughter's actions. Abai answers that it is, as people say, The utterances of a child in public express the views of either his father or mother. When the Gemara persists and asks why the whole Mishmar should be penalized, Abai answers, Oila Rasha, Oila Shkeno. Woe to the wicked one and woe to his neighbor. The Gemara concludes conversely, Tov Tzadik, Tov It will be good for the Tzadik and good for his neighbor. All right, so now we go to our Simran Daf Nun Vav, and this Simran was suggested to us by Rabbi Shlomo Weissman from Basag, New Jersey, and Rabbi Moshe White from Edmonton, Alberta, who both suggested that Nun Vav is the Shusher in Shul going Nu Nu, Nu Nu. So here goes. The Shusher in the Sukkah who shushed everyone down so they could hear the Shechianu before the Reisha Basukkah and insisted on getting one extra roll for closing the Sukkah door was horrified when his little son told all the guests that people should stand in the presence of a shusher. Once again, in slow motion. The shusher in the sukkah, shusher, that must be warned off, nun vav, nun nu. The shusher in the sukkah who shushed everyone down so they could hear the shachianu before the reisha b'sukkah, which reminds us of the machokas regarding which takes precedence, the barach and the sukkah, or the shachian rav says that one recites the reisha b'sukkah because he holds chiyuvah de yoma adiv. The obligation of the day takes precedence. Whereas Rabbi Barakhanah said that one recites the Shekhyanu first because he holds Tadr Shenu Tadir, Tadr Kodim. When that which is frequent conflicts with that which is not frequent, that which is frequent takes precedence. The Gemara attempts to connect this Malchokas to the Malchokas being Beisham Beisilel regarding which comes first when reciting Kiddush on Shabbos, the Brach on the one and the Brach on the day, but concludes that they're not necessarily the same Malchokas. So the Shusher and the Sukkah shushed everyone down so they could hear the Shekhyanu before the Reisha Basukkah and insisted on getting one extra roll for closing the sukkah door, 
which reminds us the final mission of the sect that brings about is regarding the division on the Lechem Panim the rest of the year. The Tanakhama holds that the incoming Mishmar and the outgoing Mishmar split the Lechem Panim equally, with each one receiving six loaves. Rabbi Yudah holds that the incoming Mishmar receives seven loaves and the outgoing Mishmar receives five loaves. According to Rabbi Yehuda, the two loaves are granted as Schar Hagafas Dlasos, as compensation for the closing of the temple gates in the evening, meaning that those who open the gates in the morning should have had the duty to complete the job and close them at night, since the incoming Mishmar is doing the work of the outgoing Mishmar it behooves the outgoing Mishmar to give one of their loaves in payment. So the Shushar and the Sukkah who shushed everyone down so they could hear the Shechianu before the Leishe Basukah and insisted on getting one extra roll for closing the Sukkah door was horrified when his little son told all the guests that people should stand in the presence of a Shushar. Which reminds us, two reasons are given as to why the Mishmar of Bilga was penalized and that it always divided the Lechem Padim in the south. Its specific ring that was used to shack the carbon during its watch was sealed, so they had to use another Mishmar's ring, and a specific alcove to deposit the knives was sealed. It was either due to an incident involving Miriam Bas Bilga, a daughter of one of its members who became an apostate, or it was because the Mishmar was tardy in coming to the base of Migdash when it was their week to serve. The Gemara asks on the first reason, if it's fair that the entire family be penalized, over one daughter's action, and by answers that it is, as people say, the utterances of a child in public express the views of either his father or mother. When the Gemara persists, and that's why the whole Mishmar should be penalized, by answers, woe to the wicked one and woe to his neighbor. The Gemara concludes, conversely, it will be good for the tzaddik and good for his neighbor. So once again, the shusher and the sukkah who shushed everyone down so they could hear the shachianu before the reshe basukah and insisted on getting one extra roll for closing the sukkah door was horrified when his little son told all the guests that people should stand in the presence of a shusher. We've now completed the seventh mesekta in this machzor of Dafyomi. May we continue to be matzliach as we begin the eighth mesekta in Ritz We should be so to finish all of Shas together. All right, now it's time for four bought back Chazara. Dafnun base. So the simmer Dafnun base is a newbie to Yiddishkeit. So here goes. The female newbies to Yiddishkeit who sat up in the balcony away from the men to hear a shir about the Yetzirah, which reminds us that Rub brought a pasuk from Zechariah's vision of the war of Gog and Magog and the Hespadim over the death of Mashiach and Yosef, where the women and men were separated to teach that it was permissible to make the Deacon Gadol, the balcony for the women in the Ezra's Nashim, so they shouldn't mingle with the men at the Simchas base of Shueva. If in the future when the world will be involved in the Hesped and the Yetzirah has no power over them as it will be eradicated, yet the Torah said that the men and women should mourn separately, and all the more so at the Simchas Beis HaShoeva, when they are involved in Simcha and the Yetzirah has power over them, all the more so they should be separated. So the female newbies to Yiddishkeit, who sat up in the balcony away from the men to hear a shir about the Yetzirah, were shown pictures of mountains and strands of hair, which reminds us that there is a Malchuzari dose in the Rabban regarding the nature that has been mentioned above. One said it was over Mashiach ben Yosef, who had been killed in battle, and one said it would be for the Yetzirah, which will have been eradicated. The why does the eradication of the Yetzirah warrant weeping? And answers, the review expanded that in the future, Kodesh will bring the Yetzirah and shecht it in the presence of Tzaddikim and the Rishayim. To the Tzaddikim, the Yetzirah will appear like a high mountain that can hardly be scaled, and to the Rishayim will appear like a strand of hair that can easily be snapped. They will both cry that Tzaddikim will weep and say, how were we able to overcome such a high mountain? And the Rishayim will weep and say, how were we not able to overcome? the strand of hair. So the female newbies to Yiddishkeit, who sat up in the balcony away from the men to hear a shir about the Yetzirah, were shown pictures of mountains and strands of hair. 
and taught the different meanings of its seven names. Which reminds us that Rabbi Avir explained in other say it was Rabbi Shubin Levi, that Shiva Shemus Yeshua Yetzor. The Yetzor has seven different names. We also learn from the incident where Abai became despondent because he said he would have not been able to restrain himself from sin if he had been walking with a woman, was told by Eliyahu and Abi, call Gadol Mechavero Yitzor Gadol Hamenu. Whoever is greater than his fellow, his Yetzor is greater than his fellows as well. As Rabbi Shimon Lakish said, Yitzor Shal Adam Yisgabro Lav Bechol Yom Umevakish Lamiso. A man's Yetzor threatens every day to overpower him and seeks to kill him. And if not for Kosh Baruch who aids him, he would be unable to withstand it. Daphnon Gimel. So the Simmer Daphnon Gimel is a Nigerian prince. So here goes. The Nigerian prince, Nigerian prince, that must be more on Daphnon Gimel. The Nigerian prince who is mourning the loss of his two scribes, which reminds of Rabbi Yochanan said, A person's feet are his guarantors. To where he is summoned, there they lead him. Rashi explains that when one's time comes, his feet bring him to the place where he's meant to die. The Gemara brings the incident of Shlomo Melch, who tried unsuccessfully to save his two scribes from the Malchamavis when he sent them to lose. So the Nigerian prince, who was mourning the loss of his two scribes, overheard nonstop rejoicing in a shul that lasted for seven days straight, which reminds us it was taught in a brace where Bishub Mechananya said that when we rejoice at the Simcha's base of our eyes would see no sleep for all of Sukkot and proceeds to detail the activities that occurred from the beginning of the day through the night. The Gemara clarifies that Rabbi Shua meant that they did not enjoy a proper sleep, for they were only doze on each other's shoulders. So the Nigerian prince who was mourning the loss of his two scribes overheard nonstop rejoicing in a shul that lasted for seven days straight, featuring a massive orchestra that played on 15 steps. Which reminds us, the Mishnah Daf Nun Aleph Amabe stated that during the Simcha's base of Shaleva, the Levim, with their countless number of instruments, stood on the 15 steps that led down from the Ezra Sisrael to the Ezra's Nashim, Kenega the Chamishas Reishira Malos, Kenega the 15 Shira Malos that are in Tehillim. The Lord brings a source for the 15 Shira Malos when David Melch was excavating the pits beneath the Mizbech, the waters of the deep came up and threatened to flood the world. When David saw that the water had subsided to a depth of 16,000 Amos after he had thrown a shard with Hashem's name on it, based on Achitofa's Kavachomer from the Sota, he said that the higher the water, the more moist and fertile the earth will be. So he recited the 15 Shira Malos and brought the water back up 15,000 Amos until there were only 1,000 Amos below the earth's surface. Dafnundal, so the simmer Dafnundalad is noodles. So here goes. The noodle-loving king, noodle-loving king, that must be run Dafnundalad. Noodles. The noodle-loving king who required his subjects to blow trumpets three times on the tenth step when they offered him noodles, which reminds us, the Gemara points out that the Mishnah Daf Nun Gimel Amabase that listed the 48 blasts that took place every Shabbos during the Chag mentions three blasts that took place by the Mizbeach, whereas the Mishnah Daf Nun Alf Amabase mentions the three blasts that were sounded when the trumpeters reached the tenth step. The Gemara explains that this Mishnah is Rabbi Yazib and Yaakov who holds that since the blowing was done at the gates, what relevance is there to blow on the tenth step? Therefore, the Mizbeach is adif, is preferable. And the previous Mishnah is Rabban who holds that since the blowing was for the water drawing, the tenth step is related to that, whereas the Mizbeach is not. So the noodle-loving king who required his subjects to blow trumpets three times on the tenth step when they offered him noodles, and then blow nine times again for each additional offering, which reminds us Rabbi Achabar Chaniyah brings a brisa and a pasuk which he uses to base his ruling that nine blasts of the trumpets are done for each separate musaf. The moral brings several challenges to this ruling, attempting to show that on certain days it would result in more than the 48 maximum soundings of the Chatzrotzrotz mentioned in the Mishnah. So the noodle-loving king who required his subjects to blow trumpets three times on the tenth step, when they offered him noodles, and then blow nine times again, for each additional offering, changed the fast day schedule so he would never have to abstain from noodles on a Sunday. 
which reminds us, the Gemara explains that when the first day of Sukkot is scheduled to fall on Erev Shabbos, we postpone it one day until Shabbos, since if the first day of Sukkot falls out on Erev Shabbos, then Yom Kippur would have been on the previous Sunday. In order to prevent that from happening, we add a day to Elul in order to postpone it one day. Rush explains that it's not desirable for Yom Kippur to fall Shabbos, since anyone dying on Shabbos would remain unburied for two days until after Yom Kippur. And furthermore, any vegetables that one prepares to eat after Yom Kippur will have to be picked two days earlier on Friday and will wilt by the time they're needed. The Gemara will bring the opinion of others who do not hold of adjusting the calendar to prevent Yom Kippur from falling on a Sunday. Daphne Hay. So the Simran Daphne Hay is a speed limit sign of 55. So here goes. The proud crossing guard holding the speed limit side speed limit sign, that must be on Duff Nun Hay. The proud crossing guard holding the speed limit sign, who would blow one long note on his whistle until all the additional animals crossed the road, which reminds us that after the more successfully refutes the ruling of Rabbi Yachim who taught that a separate set of trumpet blasts are blown for each Musaf offering, it asked how to understand the Bryce and the Pusik that Rabbi Yachim brought as a source for his teaching. Ravina said, Lomar Shemarichim B'Takiyas. The Bryce and the Pusik mean only that the blasts are lengthened, not that they are repeated. The Rabbanu B'Kasari has said, and then Rabbi Acha, Lomar Shemarbi B'Tokin. The Bryce means to say that when there is more than one Musaf, we increase the number of trumpeters, but not the number of trumpet blasts. So the proud crossing guard holding the speed limit sign would blow one long note on his whistle until all the additional animals crossed the road, gave up when he saw 70 bulls head toward him, which reminds us, which reminds us that the 70 bulls that are brought in sukkahs correspond to the Shivim Umos, the 70 nations, and they provide kapara for them in order that rain may fall throughout the world. The single bull of Shemir Yatzeris is connected Uma Yechida. It corresponds to the singular nation of Israel. This can be compared to a king of flesh and blood who said to his servants to prepare for him a big banquet. When the final day of the banquet came, he said to his beloved companion, Prepare for me a small meal so they may enjoy your company. Rush explains that it is as if to say that I derive pleasure from your company alone. So the proud crossing guard holding the speed limit sign, who would blow one long note on his whistle until all the additional animals crossed the road, gave up when he saw 70 bulls head toward him, guided by 24 ranchers who like to share meat equally on their holidays. Which reminds us, the next Mishnah states that during three periods of the year referring to the Regalim, all 24 Mishmaros were equal in the sharing of the Imurim of the Regalim and in the division of the Lachim Apanim. It was taught in a bright the Torah states, And he comes with all the desire of his soul, and he shall serve. This teaches that a cone may offer kabbonis, even if it's not the week of his watch. To dispel the notion that this is even on other days of the year other than the Regalim, the Torah states, From one of your cities. I've only said all Mishmars are equal when they enter one gate which is the time of their gone. During all other times, the Oinkohani of that week's watch are entitled to offer the Kabbanas. All right, so that concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Avram Goldham. Wishing you a great day and great learning.